0: Hey, guys, just coming at you with uh something I wanted to share. I was having a bit of a debate with my best friend about Star Wars, which is not unusual unto itself, but we have staunchly different opinions on a certain set of movies, and I think it's certainly well, I used to be clear with that men I guess the new ones are pretty divisive, but no. We argue heavily over the prequels, because I maintain that two of them are fantastic movies. I'll admit, The Phantom Menace is not great. I do think it's worth noting that it really does a lot of world building, and it propels the plot in into the place it needs to be for greater events to happen, so we owe it some respect in that matter, but... No, that one's not good. But what what I think is truly, arguably the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion, anyway. At least top three, hands down. Attack of the Clones, the second prequel movie. It is perfect as an embodiment of what Star Wars started as, the original, not a new, like Star Wars. It's the same themes, it's the same sort of fantastical grand space opera themes. Yes, Hayden Christensen's acting is bad. If you look at it from the lens that he was trying to sort of play the Luke role, where Luke is kind of whiny. I mean, go back and rewatch it. I think he he made some acting choices to follow in that footsteps, and maybe there were missteps, but... um, His character aside, you have, for the first time in Attack of the Clones, Anakin Skywalker at the age where we see the person Darth Vader is... Is when he's not Darth Vader, the person that is going to become the the Dark Lord of the Sith. Like this, hu- you don't see it with the kid in the Phantom Menace because there's just such a disconnect with someone that young. But you see, like angsty, full-grown, slightly, mostly through puberty, Hayden Christensen, and he's like, yeah, you can see him somehow like putting on that robe because he starts wearing black uh, cloth robes, pretty soon in the trilogy anyway, so I mean you start to really be able to picture it. But anyway, you have yeah, the the first time you see pre Vader, Vader, uh, you have Obi Wan, who is just a gem. He's a I don't care where you air on any of these movies, I think it's universal that Obi Wan is just a national fucking treasure. So he's doing lots of cool Obi Wan shit. Obviously, I'm gonna get into that more. You have a love story that, yes, is pretty terrible. I will give complete credit. I was watching it, again, with my wife on, on Star Wars Day, or I think a day later, because we had a blackout in our city. And uh, there was... The first 30 minutes or so were really a challenge to get through, because you're sitting there through, like, sitting and talking and talk-walking and negotiating, and then very... Poorly executed lines about romance that just come across as like really aggressive and rapey. And (laughs) so it's. I want to love it. I grew up loving it. But the first part's pretty cringy. But when it gets past all that, you get some of the coolest and most quintessentially Star Wars things that you can imagine. You get Obi Wan traveling to a planet and interacting with uh, fantastical aliens that are extremely Star Warsian. You get the Clone Army, which is super cool. I maintain the Clone Army is the most satisfying army to watch in any of these. More so than the Empire, the droids, the new uh, First Order. But more importantly, you give the foundation for all those armies to exist. So again, without it, you would not have an explanation as to where most of the Empire got its, its manpower from. And I understand the Force Awakens tries to add to that, but that's a considerable amount of time later. You get... And this is really where I draw the line in the sand. You get a full, for the first and only time, vision of a fighting unified Jedi army. And that is so cool and so powerful that it makes it the best movie for me. Just to see all of those people that we only ever see in a a single or in a pair, these like exquisite knightly you know, monastic, supernatural warriors that have these amazingly... Like, these swords are not just amazing as weapons, but, like, as cultural symbols. They're the lightsabers. They are, like, the fighting symbol of Star Wars. Just to have all of those stand together as an army, even though it was a, you know, 60-person army, it was amazing. I remember in in my... Not even the youth, I don't know, young teenager, however old I was, seeing that and being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in any movie ever, like... Just to see it all in the Colosseum on Genosis. Exquisite. And followed up by... Stop yelling at me. My cat is really... Daenerys! No. No. I'm not petting her belly now. So, I did pet her belly a little bit, but I guess it wasn't enough. So the point is, you have the Jedi army... And then you have Jedi fighting alongside another army, which I think is extremely cool, because you have the clones show up on Genosis, and they ride in as the cavalry alongside the Jedi, and then together they all press the attack. So you've seen before, like Jedi dispatching droids and fighting troopers in small numbers individually, and you've seen like Star Wars, you know, fighting, and I mean I think Rogue One probably does the grittiness of that the best. But at the end of the day, you just, you see the Jedi army fighting alongside an armed actual fighting force, and it is exquisite as well. It is super cool. The, I don't even think I, I could really go on for a while about it, but even the lead up to that scene is what I consider one of the better scenes in the movie too. It's the Coliseum scene where you get to see, not only is it, you know, it's, cool to see how all of them handle the situation and to see the Jedi versus non-Jedi approach and all that, but you get to see them fight some pretty ferocious looking aliens, like the Acklay, the big praying mantisy thing from Felucia, that thing is terrifying. I remember just as a kid, like, shit, I don't want to be chained to a pole where this thing comes out. I think Obi-Wan spears it, again, Obi-Wan's awesome, and it just does nothing. But also as, like, a younger man, the... The Natalie Portman exposed midriff white suit in that movie was my Slave Leia thing. Like I remember. I mean, I like I love Slave Leia. It was a lot easier to get like calendars and stuff of that as a kid because it had been out for so long. But when that one came out, I was like, oh man. So, good times. But I think Attack the Clones sets up everything that needs to be set up in the following however many movies. I mean, six movies, five movies. I don't know. We'll do the math on that later. So, you have the birth of Darth Vader, the origin of the Clone Army, the, the, the Jedi organization at the height of its power, at least in terms of the film, not an extended universe. You get to see so much of the characters on a level that they're finally at the age they need to be. And, I mean, Revenge of the Sith, I think, is an amazing movie as well. I think it's got everything that attack of the clones has it has better but attack of the clones obviously does it all first so you have an angrier more evil uh Anakin Darth Sidious sorry no Anakin Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith I mean he's he's much more leaning towards that and you much clearly you much more clearly rather see the connection between him and Darth Sidious and the whole corruption thing you obviously have the pregnancy you have a lot of things that really uh manifest themselves much more heavily in the third installment, but again, it's because it's been given the second installment to be created, to be introduced. Um, I thought Count Dooku, Darth Tyranus, was was extremely cool and a little underused, underappreciated. So when you have him as the main antagonist in, in Attack of the Clones, it was a lot more satisfying than having him be like the first lay kill of the third movie. Suffice it to say, Revenge of the Sith is amazing, and I think that uh, the spaceship battles in the prequels are amazing. I think people are so quick to be dismissive of CGI, when George Lucas himself has said, these are exactly the things that I wanted to do when I was filming the original trilogy, I just did not have the technology. So, I mean, there's, there's, some, there's something to be said for that. But Attack of the Clones just builds, it is like the spine for the body of Star Wars canon, where if that movie did not put to screen all these things happening, you know, the Django Fed existing, all these things, if they were not executed properly, then nothing would be as it was or would be allowed to exist as it was. And yes, I hate sand. It is rough and coarse and gets everywhere, and I get it. I don't, I don't even know if I got that quote right, but I'm so tired of, of people ripping on that. It's a bad scene. And yes, I too probably skip through that scene. And I do occasionally text my wife about how much I hate Sand. But it does not make a bad movie. It just makes an occasional smidge of, of poor romantic dialogue, sometimes rapey. But yeah, uh, I saw Solo. It's not great, but it's worth the watch if you want to just, you know, indulge in some of that delicious Star Wars universe lore. And. Still enjoying Deadpool. Still uh, going back and reading what Marvel stuff I have and kind of smiling, thinking how many uh, winks and nods the movie has to the canon. But,
1: alright, guys, until
0: next time, thanks for listening. See ya.